What's up, everybody? It's Midnight Motivation here at Impacting Life 24-7. I want to thank everybody for joining with us at this auspicious time of the night. I wanted to tell you guys, man, that the reason why we do Midnight Motivation is because there are great things that happen at midnight. Refreshing, renewal, restoration, etc. And so we have decided that during the pandemic, everybody was locked down. Nobody could get out. And so we said, we're going we're gonna to do something different. And we came on at midnight, a start of a new day. And so we brought together some speakers from around the country to say, hey, look, we want to inspire you. We want to give you some high motivation. And so we have assembled some of the top speakers in the industry tonight to give us some midnight motivation. And I just want you to know that you are in store for an amazing time. So our first speaker tonight is the notorious Mr. Josh Smith. He is a two-time world karate champion. He's also been on a, a, a guest on Impacting Life 24-7. He has a tremendous story, a tremendous message, a tremendous platform, highly sought after. And so we are delighted to have him. And without further ado, we're going to get right to it. Welcome to the stage, the notorious, the one and only, the man, the myth and legend, Mr. Josh Smith. Welcome, Josh. Screaming, fighting, breaking things. Those are my earliest childhood memories. My parents divorced when I was a little kid. My mom moved to the housing projects. She was a single mom, mother of four children. We would move every single year, bouncing back and forth between the housing projects and the trailer park. Mom would get a different job or fall in love with a different man. We were very transient. My dad, he had a lot more stable of a home life. But this joker, his jam was getting married to a new woman every single year of his life. He ended up getting married more than 11 times. I was not physically abused or sexually abused as a child. But my best description of my family dynamics are that we would have made the Kardashians look pale in comparison to the amount of dysfunction in my family. They should have made a reality show about us. My dad ended up leaving me permanently when I was a little kid. He drove me over to my mom's house and he dropped me off on the front porch with two suitcases. He told me he'd be back to pick me up in two weeks. He drove away and he never came back to pick me up. For that matter, he didn't even call to check on me. He ended up getting remarried to a new woman, got a new house and got all settled in. And I'll never forget that one day I went over there to visit him. I was standing in his kitchen when I look over and I realized that he had a spare bedroom in his new house, but he was using it to store junk in it as opposed to have his son come live with him in his, his new life. It was clear to me that my dad had abandoned and he was never coming back to pick me up. I started having emotional problems after that and the gate was left wide open for when I had my first introduction to alcohol. I drank a whole bottle of liquor, I got drunk, I puked, and I passed out. And to a normal person, that would probably seem like a miserable experience. But to me, I felt like I was in heaven. I was at one with the universe around me. And like most stories that deal with substance abuse, this quickly progressed into other things. By the age of 14, I was getting high 
on marijuana, drunk on alcohol, taking Xanax pills pretty much every single day of my life. By the age of 15, I had my first run-in with the law. I was high on Rufinol pills. I borrowed a friend's truck. I ended up flipping it end over end, got ejected out of the vehicle. I ended up in the hospital with a concussion, broken vertebrae. The judge charged me with my first DUI and sent me to a rehab center, the first of many more to come in my life. By the age of 16, I was hitting this transitional stage that all 16-year-old young men are going through, where I was becoming self-aware about the name brand of clothing that I'm wearing, want to go out on dates with girls, have a little money in my pocket, drive a car. But the only problem was that my mom was always one step away from being homeless. She worked seven days a week just to keep the electricity turned on. And the only guys in my neighborhood that had cool cars, clothes, and money were the drug dealer guys. So without any parental oversight in my life whatsoever, I started hanging out with guys that were twice my age. And I started hustling, living the street life, selling drugs. By the age of 17, I got caught for trafficking cocaine and possession of a firearm. The judge sent me to juvenile prison. And upon my release from juvenile prison, the judge took me away from custody of my mom and he placed me in the foster care system. I had stopped going to school. I was failing all my classes and I was getting in trouble with the law every time I turned around. The new family that took me in, they were very strict. They went to the school and they made arrangements that if I get all my grades up to passing, that the school would let me graduate with the other kids. There was only one little small caveat. And that was that directly after graduation, I had to go to the military. So at 18 years old, off to the United States Marine Corps, I went. Paris Island, South Carolina. Hoorah! And when I got there, there were the biggest, most muscular drill instructors walking around screaming and yelling at everything I did. I couldn't do anything to make these guys happy. But you know what? I flourished under that type of structure and that type of discipline. I needed that in my life in a bad way. I ended up making corporal in one year and six months meritoriously, which is very fast by military standards. I ended up getting stationed at Camp Pendleton in California. Geographically, this is at 35 miles from the Tijuana, Mexico border. Not a good place for a person who has the propensity to be a drug addict. I quickly discovered that every single weekend, I could make this 35 mile trek across the border and I could get inebriated on drugs and alcohol for pennies on the dollar. They had nightclubs, pharmacies, they had drug dealers out on every corner. But Monday through Friday, I did the military thing. I would run, lift weights religiously. I was a fitness fanatic. I played rugby for the Marine Corps base team. And during this season of my life, I was able to compartmentalize the military life from the party life until one moment, everything changed. In California, they have this thing called curb serving where you can pull right up to a curb, roll your window down, and a guy will walk up to your window and he will sell you drugs. You don't know him and he doesn't know you. One day I'm in line at my favorite burrito shop about to place an order and a guy walks right up to my window and he's like, Yo, bro, you need something? Without a second of thought, 
for a moment of hesitation, I'm like, as a matter of fact, I do. I'll take $20, please. I didn't even know what he was selling, but I knew that I wanted some of it. I held my hand out. The guy reaches into his bag and he grabs this hard rock white substance and he places it in my hand. I quickly recognize it to be crack cocaine. But the only problem is, is I don't even know how you smoke crack cocaine. But no worries, I'm about to figure it out. I pulled directly across the street to a crack hotel. There's two prostitutes working in the parking lot. I open up my car door, I get out and I'm like, hey girls, can y'all help me smoke this crack? And they're like, absolutely baby, come on up to our room. So next thing you know, I'm up in this hotel room with these two prostitutes. They pull out the crack pipe, take a little piece of the rock and they put it on the top of the pipe. They melt it down. They tell me exactly what they want me to do when they put this pipe to my lips. Here it goes. And in that very moment, every hair on my head stood up. My body was electrified. A sound of a train set in my ears like and I blew the smoke out. And it was the highest that I've ever been in my entire life for about three seconds. And everything in my life in that very moment shifted from me being a problematic drug user to a full-blown crack cocaine addict. All of my waking energy from that moment forward went into the getting using more crack cocaine. I ended up failing a drug test in the military and I got out. And you've probably heard the quote that wherever you go, there you are. Well, that is very enough true in my life. I kept trying to have these geographical changes, hoping to be different at my next destination. So I bounced around from Sacramento, California to Salem, Oregon, to Memphis, Tennessee, to Paducah, Kentucky. And everywhere I went, I was getting locked up and put in the county jail. I was committing every kind of criminal atrocity known to man to feed my drug addiction. It's really a miracle that I lived through this season of my life. The God's honest truth is I don't even know exactly how many times I got arrested. I tried to add it up and it was more than 20 times. I ended up going to more than 10 drug rehab centers, but I could never seem to get clean and help myself. I got shot at on numerous occasions. I got in fights with gang members. It was a terrible, terrible time of my life. But at the age of 25, my drug addiction, it wasn't done with me yet. It shifted gears one more time. And I ended up on methamphetamines. According to Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous, alcoholism and drug addiction is always a progressive illness. Always gets worse and never better. And that's exactly what happened to me. In the beginning, I thought meth was a, a better substance for me because I could get high just two or three times a day and maintain my high. Where crack, on the other hand, it had me hiding out in a bathroom having to hit this pipe every 15 minutes of my life. Well, you know that drugs don't give you the best thinking. So it wasn't long before I came up with this other genius idea, and it was this. I was going to go back to selling drugs. Selling drugs had served me really well all through my adolescent years. And besides, I was tired of going in and out of the county jail 
every six months of my life all through my 20s. So through some connections that I had, I went down to Atlanta, Georgia, and I ended up getting connected with Mexican cartel members. And I started bringing back large quantities of crystal meth. This next little season of life I entered, <laughs> things got crazy. I was making so much profit from selling drugs that I got a brand new apartment, new furniture, new vehicles, new motorcycle, and a pretty girlfriend. And everything in my life was going great. Until one moment, everything changed again. You know, nothing's ever static in the same for those that are caught up in addiction. A drug addict's life, especially one that's selling drugs, it's always more like, up, down, up, down. And that's exactly what ended up happening in my life. It was nothing like you see on the movies or the rap videos where you get to live in this infinite gangster's paradise. Nah, it's more like a horror movie is the way it always ends, like Friday the 13th. Yeah, terrible and tragic ending always to that lifestyle. One day I was coming out of Atlanta, Georgia, doing another drug run. I'd been up smoking meth for several days or heck, Probably several weeks for that matter. I was in a blackout ketosis and I ended up getting caught in the state of Alabama. I don't even know anyone in the state of Alabama, but here I am going down the interstate. I get caught with $30,000 worth of methamphetamine in the trunk of my car, a loaded pistol, and a box of bullets. I woke up three days later in a jail cell, shaking off this long drug binge that I had been on. And what would have seemed like the absolute worst day of my life, in fact, turned out to be the best day of my life. It was like Jesus Christ himself reached down and he rattled my soul. And this light bulb came on in my brain. And I had this epiphany, aha moment right there in the jail cell that I was going to get clean and sober for the rest of my life. Now, I'd like to tell you that Jesus Christ set me free that day because I made a better decision, <laughs> but that's not how the story goes. I ended up having to go on to prison on a 20-year prison sentence with me serving four years and then serving five additional years of probation upon my release. So off the prison, I went. I had to start off in a level four prison because of how much time that I had. In the state of Alabama, there's only five levels of security. So this is like a medium max facility. There were rapists, murderers, lifers, tons of gang members. It was a very serious place. But while I was in prison, the thought occurred to me that I had zero marketable job skills. I had no formal education. I had failed all my classes all my life. And simply getting clean and sober was not going to be enough for me to be successful upon my release in the next chapters of my life. So I made the decision that I would start doing personal development while I was in prison. I started reading a book every single day, always on the topics of business, finance, leadership, anything that dealt with that personal development genre. And near the end of my prison sentence, I had just completed a book on goal setting. And in the book, it said that all successful people have written goals. They have short-term goals, long-term goals, five-year plans. So I went and got a five-by-seven note card, and I wrote down verbatim where I was going to live, where I was going to work, 
where I was going to go to school, a fitness goal, and a finance goal. The day came that I was getting out of prison, and those prison gates opened up, and I step out, and I have two brown paper bags in my hands holding all of my worldly possessions. I looked back as those prison gates clanked shut, and I said to myself, I am never coming back to this place again. And I set out on my new journey of success. I immediately got plugged in to an Alcoholics Anonymous recovery group, got a sponsor, and started working the steps. I started back training martial arts six days a week and competing on Saturdays. I'd been a very successful childhood and adolescent martial arts competitor. I used to travel all over the region doing tournaments. But in my 20s, I was so strung out on drugs that I had really lost focus of my training. But this was my new chance. While I was in prison, I set the goal that I was going to be ranked in the professional top 10 on the circuit called NASCA, kind of like the equivalency of the NBA or the NFL. And two short years after coming home from prison, I ended up being ranked as the number one heavyweight fighter in the entire nation in my age and weight division. I had to get a job working for minimum wage. I had such an extensive criminal record, I was having a difficult time finding employment. It was a very humbling, very difficult season of my life, but I made it work. I ended up starting my very first business, which was a martial arts studio. And it turns out that I am the absolute worst business owner ever. Just because you can sell drugs does not mean you can run a legit business. Those are not the same things. I made every mistake imaginable from no website to no paid marketing, no written curriculum, no systems. I mean, it was no, 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 nothing. I worked seven days a week at my day job and I wasn't even making much money. And I had to use all that money to pay the bills just to keep the doors open in my business. But I went all in on my dream because I didn't have a backup plan. And thank God I went all in on my dreams because let me bring you up to present day. Today, I own four successful martial arts studios in the greater Nashville area. I have more than 14 employees, 700 students. The last two years in a row, I've made more than $1.5 million in sales each year. I'm arguably in the top 5% of my industry. And when it comes to material things, and I know material things don't necessarily matter, but I always like to share it because if you grew up poor, like I grew up poor in the housing projects, trailer park, single mom, then it's important that you know about the material things so they can help motivate you. I've been super blessed from the success of my businesses to be able to buy big homes and premier subdivisions, sports cars, Mercedes-Benz coupes, Range Rovers, Ducati motorcycles, take five-star vacations, finally get to wear name brand clothing. All the things that I dreamed about when I was a little poor kid growing up in the trailer park, I've been able to have those things. But you know what? I always like to share something that I've been able to have that money can't buy. When I was in prison, they do mail call every day, four o'clock. Nobody would ever write me. On Sundays, they'd have visitation. Nobody ever come to visit me. And my insecurities used to eat me alive. And I'd think to myself, is anyone ever going to be able to love me? What if they find out about my criminal record? What if they find out I've been a drug addict? 
What if they find out about the kind of family I got? Well, I'm happy to report to you today that I have a beautiful wife. I have two wonderful children and a stinky little dog. And every single night when I walk in from work, they run to the door and they wrap me up in their arms and they say, Daddy, Daddy, you're the best daddy in the world and I love you so much. And that is a feeling that I can't even hardly describe, but it's beyond something that money could ever buy. Today, I'm 14 years clean and sober. I travel the world teaching martial arts to kids that are in orphanages in developing nations. I'm able to use my God-given skills to impact humanity. Today, it just feels amazing to be of a blessing to the world around me when once upon a time, I was a charity case myself. I want my life story to be a story of hope and inspiration for you today. That you can come from the wrong family, the wrong neighborhood, make every mistake imaginable. And with God on your side, hard work and determination, you can be anything in this world that you want to be. Thank you very much, Josh. That's Josh Smith, ladies and gentlemen. Again, you can connect with him. All of his contact information is in the chat. And uh, we're so thankful for his amazing story. Tremendous man of faith and substance. He doesn't just speak it, he lives it. Our next speaker is none other than the one and only Jay Halim from Las Vegas. And we're so thankful for Jay being on the scene. Josh, you can take yourself off the screen and I will turn it over to our friend, the one and only Mr. Jet Jamar Washington, also known as Jay Halim. Welcome, Jay. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome, Josh. Thank you for setting up, setting the stage like that. Amazing. All right. I have something I want to say to you guys and um, walk with me on this. The platform you leap from is more important than the platform you land on. I'll say it again. The platform you leap from is more important than the platform you land on. A lot of times we're focused on where we want to go, what we don't have right now, where we're trying to get to, what someone else has, why I'm not as good as them, why I don't have the opportunities or the things that they have. And I go back and say it again, the platform you leap from is more important than the platform you land on. A lot of times we have a trouble with overcoming the things that we're going through in our lives and that we're dealing with because we don't, we forget the things that we've already been blessed with. We forget the things that we've already overcame, the skills that we've already acquired, the blessings that we've already, that we already possess. These things that you have, these experiences that you've been through created a platform for you. You have a unique platform. Everybody that you might hear tonight has been through something that somebody else hasn't been through. And even if multiple people have been through it, they didn't go through it quite like that person. So that makes it unique. They can tell you something different because their, their specific situation is not like nobody else's. And for that, that makes you have a platform. That makes you stand out in the crowd. That makes you stand out 
to other individuals. That makes you uniquely qualified to help somebody. And for what we're here to do tonight is to motivate somebody. But how do we truly motivate somebody? When we know if you're educated enough that true motivation comes from within. So how are you going to touch somebody with your platform? How are you going to tell somebody about their platform? How are you going to motivate them about their platform if they, they don't have a fire in which you can actually go in and, and help ignite within them? They're lost. They don't believe that they can be better than what they are right now. Nothing in their life, nothing in their experience has told them that I can be great. I can be amazing. I can be like the person who I look at every day on social media. I can be like the person I watch on television. I can be like the person across the street who I covet the things that they have, their wife, their husband, their car, the family atmosphere, all those things. What can we do? What can someone with a unique platform do? I'll tell you what they can do. They can live. They can live boldly out loud. They can understand and recognize that their platform is amazing. You've been to jail before and survived. I bet you you can go back to that jail and find out how many people went in there and didn't survive. And so you uniquely have an idea of how to survive in some place that nobody wants to go, no matter how much people might act like it, nobody wants to go. You were addicted to drugs and you're here to and you live to tell about it and now you have a successful career. You are uniquely qualified for that, to be able to tell somebody how to overcome that situation. Your parents didn't love you. Your parents weren't there. You were beaten, you were abused, you were taken advantage of, but you're still here. You actually have some type of skill set. You have some type of intestinal fortitude. You have some type of get up and go. You have been blessed with some type of strength that the average person doesn't have. But most of the time, we're not able to motivate any, any individuals because we don't tell people. People have been through so much stuff and they keep it to themselves. If you look like myself, it wasn't until recent years where we started talking about going to therapy, we held it in and we walked around trying to be tough. We walked around trying to deal with it ourselves. We found ways to self-medicate. Uh, we found ways to get it out by abusing our women or abusing our kids or mistreating other individuals just to make sure that we felt good because we spent the whole portion of our, our life not feeling good. And we felt like we were supposed to not share this blessing that we have with other people and we didn't understand the true meaning of motivation and inspiration is not allowing individuals to go through the things that you went through to hurt you. We call that planting seeds. When you start talking about a garden, you planting seeds. They're not just planting regular seeds. You're planting metaphorical seeds in the individuals. And we're not just telling them one thing today at midnight. We're going to continue to live this way because somebody's going to follow you on social media and you're going to continue to plant seeds because everything that you do is going to be reacting to this tonight. It's going to look just like what you just said. It's going to look like you saying you are overcomer. They're going to see overcoming in everything that you do. So you can continue to plant those seeds. But most importantly, you're going to hang around 
to see who grows from them. You're going to hang around and watch. You're going to make connections and see who's really listening to you, who's been paying attention to you. See, one thing I love about gardening is that the only way to see a real harvest, you got to hang around. And you got to hang around in a time when you don't know what's happening underneath that ground, but you still have a level of faith where you're watering, you're protecting that garden. You dedicated your time to it. And if we dedicated our life to, and our time and our life to a thing, our greatness, trying to get to another level, you'll start seeing some growth. So that garden, I love it because as I said before, you don't know what's going on. If it doesn't rain like you expect it to, you got to step up and replace that rain by watering it. If the the field, um, the creatures of the field is coming to try to get it, you got to protect it like you're supposed to protect that dream. You have to do all you need to do without even knowing what's going to happen. And then the first time you get something, it might not be the biggest yield. But one thing I always love is about a harvest, if you do it right, after a couple of years, it starts to come back on its own. And so you planted those tomatoes and those cucumbers. And the first time you got four or five, the next year you got 15 or 20. The next year you got 50. But then the next year you got, you can say, I don't have to plant those because they're going to come back on its own. And it allows you just like life, once you actually successfully complete something to move on. That's what a platform looks like. You have to start building something and seeing success at a thing. And you it allows you to take yourself to the next level for you to be successful. Is it easy? Of course not. It's going to be sometimes the fight of your life. But it's worth it. And the thing that we get caught up in is that we want people to help us. And you know what? The beautiful thing is people do want to help us. But we get helping confused with saving. Nobody wants to save you. Everybody wants to help you. Let me show you an illustration. When you see a person on the side of the road sitting in a car and their car is broken down, most people ride by if they're still sitting in the car. But if that person is outside the car tinkering with the car, if that person's outside the car pushing the car down the street by themselves, a whole lot more people jump out to help that person. Why? Because they're there to help. They're not here to save. You're not sitting on the side of the road stuck. You're not sitting on the side of the road not doing nothing. They're coming to help you. And so when you start pulling yourself up by your bootstrap just enough for people to see that if they give you help, they'll see a winner come out of it. They'll see something come out of it, out of their hard work. Because it's not easy to pull over in 100 degree weather and help somebody push. But if they got to push themselves, they're not pushing your car. That's not their car. That's your car. So the goal is, how do we motivate ourselves so that once people see that fire in you, they can come and be the lighter fluid and make that fire explode in a more powerful way. We got to see it. Everybody have to see it. And just because you've gotten to this point where it's a rocky point, it's a rocky point in your journey as you're trying to grow, as you're doing the things that you need to do, and now you keep hitting this thing that you think is a proverbial ceiling, 
Don't think you need to create another thing. This is the time. This is the time to see if you really want to be a master at this. This is the time when you see you if you really want to be helped, if you really want inspiration, if you really want motivation, because the motivation has to come from somebody who's been there where you're trying to go. And smart people ask for help. Smart people are vulnerable enough to say, I did all I can do. And now I want to stand and wait for somebody to help me, not save me, help me get to this next level. One of the main reasons why we can't get to the next level is that we got too much baggage. We got to understand that in this season, when we're growing and going, and we get to that one level and that second level, you got you can't take everything from the last level with you to the next level. You only got a backpack on. You can't fit it all in it. And the truth of the matter is, the things you're taking is just memories, just of your internal inspiration for you to get through the hardships in the next level. You can't take that stuff because you won't have enough room to get the things that's already waiting for you on the next level. You won't be able to let go of your dead beliefs, your stinking thinking, so that you can take on the energy and the information that the next person is going to help you and the next person is going to help you with. So you got to get rid of it so that you can go and grow. Each level has something different for you. We want to be motivated. We want to be inspired. We want to believe before we step out that we can go ahead and win. But a lot of times that's just not true. That's not possible. Only way to know is to go. Only way to see is to do. You gotta go ahead and take that first step. Even with the almighty God, you got to give him your plan, whether he laughs at it or not. You have to give him your plan to let him know that you're dead serious. And you got to take that first step. And only then will he guide your steps. Will he clear your path? Will he go forward and make lay all the crooked places straight? But why are he going to just clear paths in 50 different directions? You haven't decided where you're going. The hardest part for adults is making choices. And one of the hardest reasons, because we got to give up something in order to make a choice. But if you really want to be motivated, you really want to be inspired, you really want to go higher, you got to be willing to give up something good for something great. And a lot of times it's the things that's holding you back. It's the good things. The good things, they, those, the great things don't hold you back. Great things define you. It's the good things that hold you back. It's those good things that you're sitting there, you know, you won't, you won't relinquish it. You want to lay up with that good thing. You want to drive that good thing. It's a great thing right around the corner for you. You got to be able to give it up. You got to at least separate yourself. You got to be able to go and see if that thing going to still be good when you get back. One of the things I want to say in closing, as I started with you guys earlier, the platform you leap from is more important than the platform you land on. The back end of that is that once you establish your platform and you understand that you are a master at surviving these things, you're no longer going to be in survival anymore. When you go and take that leap 
off that platform, wherever you decide to land, you will be able to dominate. You will be able to, you're not going to just go into that place being subpar or on par. You're going to be above par. You're going to be doing it to a whole nother level because you've already practiced. The great Malcolm Gladwell wrote in his book, he said that most people, successful individuals go to small town businesses and they practice a thing with minimal amounts of money. Maybe they're spending $50,000. This is for big businesses on practicing something for a year. And then once they get it right, they go to a place like a New York City or LA and then they put $5 million into it and they make billions of dollars because they go and practice it. They develop the platform in this small place. Does that look familiar? In your basement, in your house, in, in the jail cell, somewhere where you didn't think you were never going to be at, but you, ain't, you didn't know that you were perfecting your platform. You were getting stronger. You were developing something. You were developing a skill. So once you got a chance to go out on stage, you could perform at the highest level that you never even thought you can get to. And once you get there, all you have to do is my acronym, stand tall and reclaim victory every day. Because nobody told you that once you got once you got that first victory, that you wasn't gonna have to fight your life again the next day and the day after that and the day after that. Because the devil's gonna keep coming, the opposition's gonna keep coming. It's your job to stand tall and reclaim victory every day. I'll say it again, it's your job to stand tall and reclaim your victory every day. God bless you. I know what stand tall and reclaim your victory every day means. That means starve, y'all. That's Jay Halim. Find him at jhalim.com. He, he's a very humble man. He didn't tell you, but he was working at $8 an hour and turned over into six-figure businesses, uh, multi-businesses, multi four-time author, a tremendous man of God, family man out there in Las Vegas. His accent doesn't sound like Las Vegas, but he's uh, he has been on our platform. I've been on his and uh, his, his acronym, Stand Tall and Reclaim Victory Every Day, stands for starve, y'all, so you won't starve. Thank you so much, Jay. We love you, man. The next... The next one that we have coming up, our closer, is is evangelist Darian Locklear. And Darian, I saw him preaching at a youth revival, and he didn't know me, and I didn't know him. And we had him come on the podcast, and people were like, hey, who is that brother? And so I said, we got to have him back. He's a preacher. He's a man of God. He's a prophet an evangelist, and I love that he speaks to this next generation. So without further ado, let's welcome to the platform evangelist Darian Locklear. Welcome. Bless you, sir. Uh, and it is an honor to be with all these great men of God. Thank you for setting the stage and the bar so high uh, for me to talk about what the Lord has put on my heart tonight. Uh, I will not even try to uh, reach the bar that you have set, men of God, uh, in this conference, but I did think about this, this engagement and this platform and the theme for those that are watching my podcast and by Facebook live tonight of uh, the theme that was for this broadcast tonight was overcome, overcome. And I was in prayer last night and the week before, and every time I prayed and every time I would get down on my knees to talk to the Lord, 
everything that would come to me was this scripture. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 12, verses number 11, it says, and they overcame him, speaking of the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And I begin to think about that scripture, that one element of scripture. And for us to really comprehend what the word of God is saying, sometimes you have to dissect it. So I want to talk about what this one scripture means. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. You must first understand, people of God, that there is a process in overcoming. I'll say that one more time. There is a process in overcoming. Overcoming is not all the time instantaneous. It is not all the time uh, immediate when you get over things. Some of us have went through traumatic events in our life that people will carelessly say and ignorantly say, uh, you just need to get over it. You just need to step over it. You need to move on to the next season of your life. But you understand sometimes that that is a process in overcoming something that is difficult because life is full of challenges. And the devil has more than enough ammunition to afflict the people of God with. But first and foremost tonight, in the process of overcoming, you have to do a few things. If you're going to successfully overcome everything that the enemy has set up in your life to succeed and take you out, the first thing that you have to understand is you must identify your antagonist. I'll say that again. You must identify your antagonist. In other words, you have to understand who is your enemy. Many of you on podcast land and Facebook land are at war with the wrong people. Yeah, thank you, Spirit of God. You, 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 you are at war with the wrong enemy. You are at war, some of you, with your friends, with your finances, with your mind, with your health, with those that are around you. You are at war with the wrong thing. But the Bible declares unto us that there is an adversary that goeth about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And I've come to reveal the significant enemy that the body of Christ and the people of God that God has created are dealing with. It is not your mother tonight. It is not your father, not your brother, not your sister, your friends, your aunts, uncles. It is none of those the things tonight. The enemy that you are fighting is known as the devil. His name is Satan. You are not to fight a war tonight that is against your brothers and sisters because a lot of people that we are hurting actually want to have our back. So number one, you have to know who is your antagonist. Number two, you have to know what is his agenda. All right. Now that we know who he is, what is his purpose? His purpose, the Bible says, is to steal, kill, and destroy. That is the whole purpose that the enemy wants to take you out. The enemy does not care about who you are as a person. He does not care about your status, your materialism. He does not care about who your name is. The enemy is concerned with taking out another potential threat. Because the Bible said we are shaped and molded in the image of God. So therefore, every time he sees you, he is looking in the mirror of what 
God has made. Hallelujah be to your name, Jesus. He is looking in the mirror and he automatically sees the threat of Christ in you. So number one, he is the devil. Number two, his assignment is to cause warfare. Number three tonight is where is the warfare fighting? Where is the battle occurring? The warfare tonight begins in three locations within the mind, the body, and the soul. You understand the word of God tells us that we are to put on the whole armor of God we may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. He talks about the helmet of salvation that is to guard the attributes of the mind. So many people tonight are bound by mental problems. Depression, oppression is going about in our counties and in our nation. It is no secret tonight that there is a drug epidemic and a, a opioid epidemic that is going on in this nation, but you must understand that the enemy is targeting the mind. Because if the enemy can get your mind to be discombobulated, the enemy can get your thoughts to be out of alignment with God. Amen. So the first place is the mind. The second place is the body. Many of us are sick in our body. Many of you tonight may be listening by podcast and Facebook Live and you have affliction in your body. You must understand that it is the hand of the enemy that desires to immobilize your mobility. Praise your name, God. He desires to make you an immovable object where you can no longer progress in the physical or the spiritual. And the third place tonight is the soul. There is a mind battle, a body battle, and a soul battle. The soul battle is a battle for not your flesh tonight, but for your spirit. The enemy wants to take control over your spirit because if he takes control over your your spirit, he then dictates how your life will go. So he wants your mind, your body, and your soul. Let me move tonight. Not only tonight is there the identifying of the antagonist. If you're going to overcome, you have to understand that overcoming is not an option. Oh, Lord, I, I'm trying. I know this is a motivational night, but I feel the Holy Ghost. Go ahead, brother. Do it. Do your thing. Hallelujah to your name. You understand that if you're going to overcome, you got to understand that it is not an option. The word of God declares that you are overcoming. He said, and they overcame. This is not speaking optionalized problems. This is not saying that this is conditionalized, but this is a command on something that will happen. You are destined tonight to overcome the enemy. The problem is the church doesn't understand and the body of Christ and the people of God do not understand that the decision of overcoming as these men of God have talk tonight lies within your hands. Nobody can choose to overcome the battles and the situations that you are in right now. Save yourself. The preacher cannot do it. The motivational speakers cannot do it. The counselors and the psychiatrists and the mental faculties cannot overcome for you. The only person that can obtain the ability to overcome is you yourself. You've got to realize tonight that you are destined to overcome. Not only are you destined to overcome, but the Bible declares unto us that the victory is in the blood. He said, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. You understand tonight that the victory that you need is in the blood. It is not in 
in, praise the Lord, the best things that the world has to offer. It is not in crack. It is not in marijuana. It is not in a bottle tonight. It is not a potion that has to be conjured up by witchcraft and warlocks tonight. Glory. Hallelujah. You understand victory is in the blood. Ooh, Lord have mercy. It, it's in the blood tonight. All the answers you need is in the blood. That's why tonight many of you have tried everything that the world ever could offer and you still are not any better in the condition of where you are. But you have not tried you have not tried the blood. And I want to tell you tonight that there is victory in the blood. You may not overcome it. You may not have the, the ability to overcome it in your flesh tonight. But if you'll try the blood my god today i said if you'll try the blood the blood is able the blood is able i hear a hymn in my soul tonight that says what can wash away my sin Jesus, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood tonight. You understand, you don't need another psychiatrist to tell you what's wrong with you tonight. You need the blood. You need the blood of Jesus to be applied to your life. For the Bible said that in the Old Testament, when the death angel would come into the land of Egypt to smite the firstborn of every household, the angel would stop at the presence of the month. Glory to God. Of the blood tonight. Every time the angel saw the blood, he knew that it was covered. My God, you understand today that if you'll have the blood, you'll be covered. Let me move. Hallelujah to God. The victory is in the blood. The number four thing tonight that I want to talk to you about, and the last thing as we close, is the declaration of success is within manifestation. What does that mean? He says, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, meaning tonight that once you say it, believe it, you will see it. I'll say that again. Once you say it, you must believe it. And when you believe it, you will see it. Hallelujah. You understand the Bible said that if we ask anything in the name of Jesus Christ, that we can have it. He said, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. You understand tonight that you have to understand Understand that the Bible declares in Proverbs 18 and 21 that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat and have the fruit thereof. Now, I don't know tonight what you are going through. I'm not going to pretend to know all the situations that have occurred in your life. I'm not trying to understand tonight all the places you have been, all the things you have went through, all the trauma, all the pain, all the warfare. I wasn't there tonight when the things took a wrong turn in your life. I don't know how you got to where you are tonight, but I do have the solution to the problem where you are. And that is tonight that victory is in your hands. The ability to overcome is within your mouth. You have the option to choose tonight whether you are going to succeed or fail. He has given you the formula to be a successful saint in God. He has given you the formula tonight for everything that my soul, glory be to your name, Jesus, for 
everything that is not working in your life for your good to be working in your favor. I'm telling you tonight that it's only up for the saints of God, those that have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. It is only up for us. There is no room for defeat. There is no room for depression. There is no room for oppression and suicide and all kinds of addiction. Everything that is not of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, if you are under the blood of Jesus, you have no choice but to succeed. Uh, Lord, help me, God. I, I'm coming to a close tonight, but I want you to understand. Hiya, glory to your name, Jesus, that the option of success tonight is within your grasp. You can come out of this. I don't know who needs to hear that on Facebook land and podcast land tonight, but you can and will, thank you, kind spirit of God, come out of this. This is not the end of the story. This is not the credit scene for your life. This is not where God has called you to give up and quit. Who am I preaching to tonight, Jesus? This is not the end of your story tonight, but God is just getting started in writing another chapter. I, I hear the Spirit of God say for you tonight to flip the page. You are ending a chapter, a season in your life, but now is the time for you to flip the page. See what God has next. See what God has in store for you next, and I promise you tonight it is going to blow your mind. There is nothing more but for success and better for you tonight. If you stay with God, as these men of God have declared to you tonight, there is no other place but for you to succeed and be everything that God has called you to be. Ooh, I got to close this thing. Let, let me let me close this thing tonight. Amen to God. You got to understand that, that the success is in your hands. The formula is in the word of God. Amen. And I, I don't discredit tonight every man of God that has spoken here. They have given us very great words of affirmation tonight. But we can all believe, all agree on this podcast tonight that the foundation that is all sure. Oh God, above everything that we could ever put on is the word of God. When everything fails tonight, you can stand. Lord, I'm trying my best to hold myself together, but I feel the Holy Ghost. God, tonight, you got to understand when everything else is failing, when everything else does not work, the Word of God is sure. The Bible declares that the Word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. You understand tonight that it has power to go into things that you cannot handle. It has the power to deal with things that you cannot not touch. It has the power to place its hands on things that you cannot handle because the word of God is true tonight. Hallelujah. You understand tonight that God he wants to do something great and big in your life. And just because you are in a season where things have not panned out the way that they should have, does not mean tonight that you are at the end of your life. It does not mean that you are at a standstill. It does not mean that you are at a place where it's not going to get better. But I promise you tonight that there is more at the end of the tunnel. If you can stay with God, there is a brighter day. There is a brighter future. Sickness will not always last. Cancer will not always have a grip on you. Ah, oh, God, I might as well preach it here. You understand you won't always be depressed and oppressed. But I believe tonight by the power of God, 
that God is giving you your joy back, that God is giving you your health, that God is giving you your mind, God is giving you your strength. The devil is having to take his hands off of your finances, off of your mind, off of your children, off of your household, off of your finances, everything that has been captivated, God is releasing tonight. I believe that. I believe that is the will of God. Glory to your name, Jesus, concerning you tonight, that you prosper, the Bible says, even as your soul prospers. So we encourage you tonight to understand and know that God is doing something. Be encouraged by what we have told you tonight. Do not get discouraged at the status of your life. But if you can keep going, God has something better for you at the end of the tunnel. May the Lord bless you tonight is our forever prayer. Evangelist Darian Locklear, ladies and gentlemen, that's Evangelist Darian Locklear. And uh, he was, imagine if we really turned him loose, (laughs) an amazing man of God. The three gentlemen, I'm going to ask them all to come back on camera, if you could, just for a second. And I'm going to ask for each one of them to just give us a closing thought, closing remark. Uh, We've had all three dynamic speakers tonight. I thank you guys, number one, for staying up, y'all. Well, it's st- it's still a little early over there in Las Vegas, right? <laughs> Jay can still get a little good nice rest, but uh, I thank you all for for making the sacrifice. These these are top tier speakers, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, this is why we promoted it as such. We haven't did midnight motivation in over a year, and we brought back some of the industry's finest speakers that are in the industry. I know Eric Thomas and all them, but I'm telling you what, I've watched these men's lives. And they live what they speak. So, Josh, give us a closing thought real quick so we can uh, pass it on to the next uh, Jay Halim and then close it with Darian. Closing thought, Josh. I'm so honored to be a part of this guest lineup. I was so excited when C.L. King told me I was going to be alongside of these gentlemen. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to speak on something that I'm so passionate about. And I hope and pray that I've been able to impact and touch someone's life out there tonight. All right. Love you, Josh. Jay. Oh, there we go. Bro, you know how we how we feel about each other, man, from day one when we linked up, man. So, again, thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you for getting me a word, a, a pre-Sunday word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's said uh, we got to take a bubble offering, huh? <laughs> uh-huh, exactly. You got to pass, hey, pass the cash app. <laughs> but, listen, amazing, amazing. Both of you brothers, um, the testimonies, amazing. Your, your testimony, Josh and Pastor Evangelist, thank you so much. But again, just thank you for the opportunity. Um, this was phenomenal, and I look forward to doing more things like this. Anybody who tapped in, I pray that you guys were inspired, motivated, and that your life changed in this day and this time. Thank you, Jay. Closing thought, past, uh, Evangelist. Again, we are honored to be a part with such of these great men with this uh, broadcast. We thank Brother C.O. King for doing this. It has been an awesome event. We've enjoyed being a part of this. I apologize for getting out of character. I can't help it. Tonight. That's your character, brother. It's all good. Me tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. But we're thankful. We're honored for everybody being a part and everything that you guys have spoken. Encourage me. Encourage me to keep being what God has called me to be and to continue to reach for the bar of success. Um, so I'm thankful to be a part of this. I enjoyed it highly. All right. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we ain't going to hold you no longer. We all got to get to sleep. 
It is exactly one o'clock. We did it in an hour. Love y'all. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to Midnight Motivation. Take care, fellas.